Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, did you enjoy the Super Bowl? It was great. It was a good Super Bowl. It was I mean, a fun game. Yeah, it was a fun game. And, uh uh, you know, just because uh, you kind of knew that they were they were getting ahead, and, and it was like I think at one point it was like twenty to ten going into the fourth quarter, right? Yeah, and I, and I was, was just like, like, it was like twenty to ten with seven minutes left in this game. Yeah, I was just like, man, uh, uh, <laughs> this sounds familiar. And uh, uh-huh. and I tweeted out, I don't know if you guys knew, but uh, Kyle Shanahan once blew a twenty-eight to three lead, and uh. then suddenly. Uh, Kansas City won the game <laughs> at the very end, like just uh, just turned it on and just uh, after playing terrible football for three quarters, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes just completely turned it around and just went off for really just half a quarter, and that's all it took. You know, really? and that's what it, I was gonna say. Is there is there any big takeaways for you in this game? Because there was for me. Uh, I, I'll go ahead and share mine. Um, I think defenses can only take you so far in today's NFL. And let me explain what I mean. You can still win a bunch of games with a good defense, and that's what the 49ers did this year. Um, but you saw in this the Super Bowl, the 49ers played outstanding defense for, what, 55 minutes of this game? 50, I mean, maybe 54 minutes of this game. But when you go up against an offense with the firepower the Chiefs have, you know, a rough three- or four-minute stretch can be the, the entire game, Right. I think the Chiefs scored 21 points in four four and a half minutes. It just seems like any more with the way the NFL is going, especially with the Chiefs and a couple of these other teams, if you have an explosive offense, it doesn't take you long to, to flip a game and win a game that maybe you shouldn't have won or you know, you're playing badly for the first half and then all of a sudden you get hot for three drives and the game's over. It just feels like it's too hard to consistently have a good defense from game to game, from you know, season to season, and even from quarter to quarter. We saw that play out in the Super Bowl. Uh, what did you take away from this game? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, uh, you know, there is something to that, the, the idea that, you know, just with the way the rules are, the way the players are, uh, that that offense eventually – and look, I mean, it's not even about consistency because, I mean, you know, despite what to the point you just made, Maybe one of the most inconsistent units in all of the playoffs this year has been the Chiefs' offense. I mean, yeah, I they, would, and I would agree with that. They had I, they I, had to win agree. three comeback victories in order to uh, in order to you know to continue to advance. So, you know, I don't even know if it's if it's about consistency. I think the the thing is, is that the rules are such now that if you have a uh, you know, an incredible high-scoring team that can turn it on like that. All it takes is you know half a quarter. I mean, that's that's that was such a blink of the eye where they dominated. You know, San Francisco dominated the Chiefs for a good portion of this game, but all it took was the Chiefs being on for half a quarter before you know uh, before suddenly the game was over. And so, 
yeah, I think that there's something too. If you've got a, an explosive offense that you know can turn it on at any point, uh, you're but you're in all these games, you know. And, and and I think even with the Cowboys, we saw that at points. Right? Oh, absolutely. They played yeah. terrible at times throughout the season, and and, and yet. You still felt like they could be in any game they were in most games, you know, because then Dak would turn it on, he'd fix the ship, mm-hmm. the offense would light up, and suddenly they're scoring points at, at bunches. And you know, I just think that that's kind of where the league is now: is that if you've got an explosive offense, as long as you can keep yourself relatively in the game. And I think you know, the other thing I really took away from it was uh, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan played scared again. And and you know and I think that play you know played into it. I think he's kicking field goals. He's not. He should have been going for it when he did wasn't on fourth down. You know I not. I think that there was a huge level of mismanagement at the end of the half. Uh, I just think that you know when you're facing these offenses that are just crazy explosive, even when you're ahead. There's, there's just seemingly is no room for error. You need to accumulate as all the points that you can, uh, because at any point these guys can suddenly drop, seemingly almost thirty points in like less than half a quarter. Yeah, I was gonna say I know you're not a big basketball fan, but the the Chiefs remind me a lot of like what the Gold State Warriors were uh, when they had all their pieces. Right, they could be down by eight going into a third quarter. And then within a four-minute stretch, they're now up by 13 points just because they can get so hot from, you know, three-point land. And that's basically what the Chiefs can do. They can they can suck all game long, but Patrick Mahomes could find Tyreek Hill on a third and 15 for 44 yards, and that completely changes the entire outcome of the Super Bowl. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and I think, you know, after that game, uh, I, I sent you a DM about uh, the Cowboys' uh, draft pick. So, you know, I've been kind of on this um, – on this boat that uh, they should, you know, pick defense early. There's a ton of depth at receiver. But now when you watch the Chiefs especially, you see that speed and how difficult it is to, to, to stop. I'm getting more and more in favor of potentially drafting a receiver at pick number 17. Not, there's, a, there's, there, there's one there that I specifically think that the Cowboys should target. That's... That's for a different show. We kind of ended with uh, the Henry Ruggs discussion in the last podcast. We'll have to save that one for a different we're conti- time. We're continuing the tease. It's just a, a, yeah. an ongoing tease is what's happened I, here. It, it just, man, I, I tweeted this out today too. It's If you're going to win the Super Bowl, you need to surround your quarterback with as many weapons as possible. You need to have an elite. I mean, we've, we've seen it over the last couple decades. You need to have an elite quarterback. Giving a young guy like Dak as many weapons as possible uh, I don't think that's the worst strategy in the world uh, to use, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, I think at this point, you know, adding one more offensive piece to it, this offense, I don't know if it puts us at the Chiefs level, but it, I think it, 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 you know, it puts us in the realm. You know, yeah, I, you're I th- you're, in, you're at least in the same discussion as some of those teams like yeah, the Ravens, the Ravens, Forty Nine, or yeah, I think the Cowboys. When they were on at times, were you know in the certainly in the conversation with those guys. So uh, I think you could if you add another offensive piece to this, maybe a little bit you know more uh, exploitive uh, play calling. Sure. I could I could really see I could really see this being a, a situation where the Cowboys have that kind of offense. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about a little bit of Dak Prescott news from over the weekend. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go. 
Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct, so they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, on Sunday morning, Adam Schefter reported that the Cowboys plan on using uh, the franchise tag on Dak Prescott as contract extension uh, talks of still, you know, we, we they haven't really picked up a ton over the last couple of weeks. Um, this isn't breaking news or anything like that. It's very much expected. Uh, but any takeaways from Schefter's report? Uh, well, th- just that, you know, just everybody's reaction to it. I mean, I, I just think that this isn't, not, yeah, like you said, this is not breaking news or even surprising. Not at all. Um, or even really news, you know? And so, I, I, I mean, I think, you know, it's... It's it news for people that probably don't follow the regularly. Cowboys as much yeah, as, yeah. Like, that are getting their news from out, about the Cowboys from Adam Schefter, I guess. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, I, I tend to think that that the, uh, the the franchise tag is a tool for them to continue to negotiate and yes. uh, like it like it is and that you know I I mean all sides you know the only thing that even sounds anything like remotely contentious is is like the leading questions they ask these guys like are you gonna stay around for the thing and Dak's like well you know I might not be around to he will be. I yeah. guarantee you, he will be there. And, you know, it's, it's just part of his nature. It's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, it, this is all part of this process. And every single time we go through this process, it feels like the same people freak out online about, oh, how is this contract going to go? We're never going to sign to Marcus Lawrence. We're never going to sign Tank stuff last year. Des Bryant. We're never going to sign Tony Romo. We're never going to sign. I mean, it's just, it's really, on on it's really, really old. So, you know, honestly, I'm just, we're never going to sign Ezekiel. Uh, and yeah. that one, you, I don't think you were following that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I just think that at this point it's, it's uh it's something for the fan base to get riled up about in the off season for no reason and uh you know I mean you should see my mentions because I get you know, I get included on a lot of Mike Fisher's uh, yeah, tweets about this stuff yeah. oh man and so like uh, yeah like I the replies 
are unbelievable. Like, I mean, it's just like people just completely freaking out and just like, this stupid franchise can't even sign their quarterback. Do, do people think the Cowboys are actually going to go into the 2020 season with, with no quarterback? Like, they're not going to re-sign Dak Prescott Like fifty they're going to go in with Cooper Rush? 50% think that, and then the, another 50% think that they shouldn't. And that they, they're like, thank God the Cowboys aren't signing Dak. No, 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 no. It's like... So, yeah, I mean, it's just a little well, bit... Well, I was going to say, here's the biggest misconception. It's that the Cowboys are not sold on Dak, and that's why they haven't signed him to an extension. That's I saw that out there a bunch yesterday. That couldn't be further from the truth. I actually think it's more the other side, where Dak is holding out as long as possible because he knows every day that he doesn't sign a contract, his value goes up. Yeah. A perfect example is Patrick Mahomes. Right, Mahomes wins the Super Bowl yesterday... He's due for a contract extension, you know, anytime now. Dak knows that as soon as Mahomes gets a contract that it's probably going to increase his value, even though he's not going to eclipse Mahomes. If Mahomes signs a deal for $42 million, Prescott's probably going to ask for 37 38 right? Yeah. I mean, there's it's just every time another quarterback gets signed, Prescott's value goes up. And that's why I think he hasn't accepted a deal yet, and it's not – the Cowboys aren't don't want to pay Dak. It's completely the opposite. Yeah, and, and you know, and everyone is making a level of assumption that they know what is going on when they clearly don't. No. Uh, yeah, it's just you know, I, I I hate this part of covering teams because it's it's really kind of uh, uh, t- tedious, and it's like it's not really you're never really breaking news. It's it, and, and ultimately all you're talking about. Like, really, the only thing that should be interesting here is, is this guy going to be on the team next year? You know, like, and he is. So, I mean, I I feel very, very confident that he is. So, ultimately, what what are we doing? You're you're waiting on pins and needles to see whether he makes 35 or 37 million dollars? Like, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. I'd rather just it all be over than let us know what the... The cap left is left, and, and go from there. Because it's it, no matter what you're paying Dak, that contract is going to be a absolute steal in two seasons. So, and it always is. And yeah, maybe even less than that. It wouldn't surprise me in a year if we're looking at some of these contracts and make. How did the Cowboys get Prescott for 35 million when X quarterback just went for 42? Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to happen. Um, it's another episode of Mock Draft Monday here on the Locked On Cowboys mm-hmm. podcast. And, Landon, we have a new name to talk about. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, Grant Delpit has been the consensus pick uh, for the Cowboys. Today, Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network had a new mock draft out, and we have a new name in safety, Xavier McKinney uh, from Alabama. It's also worth noting uh, that Grant Delpit was on the board at this pick, and Krabs gave uh, the Cowboys McKinney over Delpit, and Delpit fell out of the first round. Um, now, we're going to do a, a podcast on these safeties later this week, breaking down Delpit, McKinney, Ashton Davis, uh, specifically and comparing and contrasting uh, each of their games. But just quickly, Landon, what do you think about a potential pairing of McKinney and the Cowboys at pick 17? I, I'm i starting to wonder that if McKinney might be the, the best fit for the Cowboys. You know, I mean, I kind of, you know, in the process of going through these guys over the weekend, for you know what you just teased a little bit a little bit later in the week, you know I just watching these guys and, and about you know thinking about how they fit in our, in our system or with the with the players that we have in place, you know I, I just think that 
when you look at the level of versatility Xavier McKinney uh, provides, uh, he's a solid tackler. He's a physical player. Um, I just think that he is a guy who fits better with what this team is looking for. Sure. Uh, at least right away. And, um, you know, he's not, I, I, you know, he's not, he's not like the ball hawk that Delpit is. But I, I just wonder if, as far as like down, consistent down on down player, if he isn't the, the, the better choice. And, and, and I think really what I feel like the most, uh, after watching these guys is, it may be better just to, like you said, it may be better just to wait until the second second hmm. round for these guys. You know, I mean, it's just because, I don't know, like, I, I just feel like the the bang for your buck that you're going to get versus some of these other guys who may have been available, uh, you know, at that same pick, I don't know if it's if it's the same, you know. And I would agree. Yeah. I, I think that you could, you could get guys who, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I think it, just looking at this, Delpit ends up going down all the way to 31. And so by the time second round comes around, you still got Duggar, you still got uh, Ashton Davis. Uh, mm-hmm. We we haven't looked at, at uh, Antoine Winfield, Antoine who Winfield, you're going to love. Which, yeah, I'm you're sure gonna I'm going to like. Uh, you know, I, and I think that really, unless Delpit was a little bit better of a player, I guess, I, you know, I don't know that any of these guys are someone that I'm just dying to spend a first round pick on. You know, because even even McKinney, who I think might be the best of the bunch, the, you know, the position value of a player like that is not, you know, impossible to find. It's not sure. like you couldn't go and get that guy in free agency somehow, really, or maybe even like a, just a slightly lesser version around later. I just wonder if. You know, I just wonder if there isn't going to be a, a kind of player that shows up. I mean, like in this draft, Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy go 15 and 16. So that, that kind of mm. makes things rush, rough, right? But I, I think if one of those guys were to fall to 17, I, I would have a hard time taking a lesser than defensive back than, you know, potentially a star wide receiver. Yeah, I think that's certainly something the Cowboys are going to have to consider. Um, really quick, I do have a question about just Alabama safeties in general. They've actually had a pretty good track record over the yeah. last couple of years. Um, you look at somebody, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Eddie Jackson, uh, who is an all-pro player. Ronnie Harrison's been a good one for the Jaguars. Landon Collins has obviously been really good. Um, does that make you feel maybe better about picking somebody like McKinney in the first round, just given uh, Nick Saban's history of developing defensive backs there? Because I think more than likely – McKinney's going to turn out to be a pretty good player. I mean, I, I see a lot of versatility in this game. I see somebody who can cover pretty well. Uh, I, I don't feel like there's a big bust factor there. Is that fair to say? Yeah, true, totally. And again, like I don't, I don't have a problem with taking him at 17. I just think that um, you just wonder if that's the best value. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder. Just I, like you know, I think that we kind of jump to it because oh man, there's going to be a first round safety where we need it. We need safety. So that yeah. means, you know, value meeting need, right? And that's fantastic. That's great. I just wonder, you know, the value is, okay, yes, you can take these guys at 17. I just wonder if there isn't somebody that falls to your lap that makes you really just reconsider doing that. And, 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 and I, you know, I, I would be very, after watching these guys, 
my eye is more wandering than it was before, mm-hmm. I guess is what is the best way to describe it. Uh, a couple things before we head out. Um, remember when we did the free agency podcast on safeties? There was a bunch of guys there that we liked, right? Uh, Anthony Harris from Minnesota, uh, Carl Joseph uh, from Oakland. It wouldn't be surprising if um, the Cowboys maybe dipped their toes into the free agent market there to get somebody, you know, even if it's on a one- or two-year deal, so make it so they don't have to draft a safety high. Uh, the other thing that I want to mention is year after year, we're seeing these safeties fall, uh, and I think that's important to note. We can go back to... Uh, the Derwin James draft, where Derwin James was most people's, you know, what, top five or six player. He fell to pick 17. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick in 2018, widely regarded as a top two or three player that entire class, uh, fell down I- into the teens. Um, you look at last year's draft, 2019, uh, a lot of people have had, you know, guys like Nasir Adderley or Taylor Rapp inside their top yeah. 25 players. Juan Thornhill was another one. All three of those guys fell to pick, what, 58 and beyond that. It wouldn't be that surprising to me if the Cowboys decided to say, hey, let's pass on the safeties here. Delpit and McKinney both available. Maybe one of those two falls to pick 43, and then we can trade up there. Because the Cowboys, you know, they have uh, pick 51. It's not going to be very hard for them to move up in the second round. Maybe that's the better play. Maybe you take a Javon Kinlaw at 17 there and hope one of those safeties falls uh, to the middle part of the second round. Uh, just given the way that the, the league has devalued that position over the last couple of years, uh, it, it wouldn't shock me with any of these guys if McKinney and Delpit fell out of the first round just because of, uh, again, the way the value, the, the way the league values these players. Um, just any thoughts on that quickly before we leave? Yeah, no, I think that's totally possible. I mean, you know, there's been kind of a value, a devaluation of the position like you've mentioned, uh, and I think in, for the Cowboys, if they could, you know, trade up from 51 into, you know, to the top of the second round or at least higher, a little higher up on the second round, man, I wouldn't feel so bad. I wouldn't feel bad if if I, you know, what, lost my third or something maybe? Uh, well, I was going to say, I'm looking at the draft tech trade value chart based on Jimmy Johnson's. If you combine your, you know, second and third round pick, you can get all the way up to pick 33. I mean, that, that value comes out exactly the same. That might be so. What, what, what second and four gets you? Uh, second and four would get you up to about pick 44, 45 from yeah, 51. Yeah, I, I think that's that's palatable for me. Like, yeah, I can, you know, I can handle that. I, I mean, it, it, I wouldn't mind going second and third. Like, if I'm going second and third and I still get Ruggs and, let's say, Delpit or McKinney, I'm loving that draft. That's I'm loving great. that. I'm, I'm, I'm on yeah. board with that. If, but if, if but if, uh, if you know, there, there's one of those guys is gone. I, I still don't mind trading up for, you know, either Delpit, which would be amazing if he fell that far, or like you said, like you said, Ashton Davis or, or uh, uh, somebody like yeah, that. Someone somebody like that. that. So I would be okay with that. I, I think there's some there's something there that maybe trading up from two is a little bit uh, more palatable to get your safety than, you know. Just biting the bullet at seventeen, and or you know, seeing what arrives right. in the second round pick. Right, and it's also important to remember the Cowboys are expected to get a fifth round compensatory pick. Uh, maybe they, maybe they'll feel a little bit more comfortable moving around some of those day three pieces. You know, if you if you do use your fourth to move up in the second round, you, know, you still have three picks in the top one hundred. Maybe you can find three starters. Just something to keep in mind. I, I think. 
I'm becoming more and more open to the idea of going safety outside of the first round, whether it's in free agency, second, third round, than maybe I was a couple weeks ago. Uh, so just something to keep an eye on for the Cowboys. We'll continue to do these mock draft Mondays, kind of see where the names are. We'll make sure we revisit uh, all of the picks uh, when we get closer to the draft because it's always fun to see you know, who people were projecting in January and February uh, compared to a week before the draft. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, continue to give us guys that you want us to watch and reviews. Uh, I'm seeing a bunch of interesting names, uh, some players that I haven't seen yet, so that's super helpful to us. Uh, make sure you follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.